G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If I live a good life, I will go to heaven. This is believed by so many people, it's shocking. Your good deeds must outweigh your bad deeds. Coming up on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie addresses the fallacies people have about the faith. They recite it like it's gospel truth, but it's not gospel and it's not the truth. If I do X, Y, and Z, I'll get to heaven. Well, no, that's not true. Because heaven is not for good people, it's for forgiven people. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Certain things people say can sound like they're true, but they're not. Before the railroad was invented, it was believed people couldn't travel faster than 40 kilometres an hour because air would rush past them and they wouldn't be able to breathe. How fast were you driving to work today? And you're still here. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to trade human wisdom for divine wisdom. We'll see it points us to God and His will for our lives. Okay, grab your Bibles and turn to James chapter 3. And the title of my message is Things Jesus Never Said. You know, there are many sentiments that people carry in life that are simply not biblical. Uh, One would be, well, God wants me to follow my dreams. Well, not exactly. Now let me say, God can speak to you through dreams. Uh, We even know that God came to Solomon and appeared to him in a dream. I'll talk about this in a moment. And and said, I'll give you anything you want. Joseph also had the Lord speak to him through a dream. So it's not bad to have a dream. But sometimes your dreams are not the best dreams. And sometimes you might get what you want and your dream might turn into a nightmare. So here's what it comes down to. I want to find God's plan for my life. Listen to this. God's plan for your life is better than your own. Put His will first. So don't follow your dreams. Follow the Lord. So that brings us to James chapter 3. Because now we're told what wisdom is and why we should seek it and how it should play out in our life. James chapter 3 verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth by boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. 
So here's my next point, if you're taking notes. We need to live our lives God's way, not the way of this world. And that starts with a new way of thinking, biblical and godly wisdom. This is in direct contrast to the so-called wisdom this world offers. We have a contrast here in James 3 about the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below. The wisdom of the scripture or the wisdom of this culture. I mentioned this already, but when Solomon was a young man, his father David died, and now Solomon was going to ascend to the throne, and the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He said, Solomon, what do you want? I'll give it to you. Anything you want, it's yours. So Solomon said, well, Lord, I would like to have wisdom and understanding in my heart so I can govern your people and so I can know the difference between right and wrong. What a great prayer. And God answered that prayer and said, Solomon, because you have not asked for wealth or power or any of these other things, I'm gonna give you the wisdom you prayed for and I'm gonna give you these other things as well. You'll be the wisest of all men. And he was in his day. And we should pray this same prayer. Earlier in James 1.5 it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously and will not hold back. I pray that all the time. We sit down for a business meeting. We sit down to prepare a message. We sit down and think about our future. I love to say, Lord, you promised in your word to give us your wisdom. We're praying for it right now. Which is another way of saying, I need to know your will, Lord. Show me your will. And so this is something we should all be seeking after. The Bible says uh, the fear of the Lord or the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So wisdom is known by its actions. Verse 13 of James 3. If you're wise in understanding God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. You know, if you claim to have wisdom, and you know the scripture, show it by living a godly life. And not only living a godly life, but doing it with humility. Humility is so important because when you've walked with the Lord for years, you've acquired some knowledge, you may come off like Mr. Know-it-all. So you know, we're having a conversation about something and now you're going to pontificate on all that you've learned. And this is a challenge for older folks, okay? Because we've lived long lives and we love to tell stories and we love to share what we've learned, but sometimes younger people don't always want to hear all of that. Maybe we could listen a little bit more. We might even learn something still. And then when the moment is right, we can share some life lessons we've learned or an insight from the scripture that we have. But if you have true wisdom, you'll have humility. It's great to have you join us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. We're learning about wisdom today, biblical wisdom. Pastor Greg's study is based in James chapter 3. True wisdom is known by good fruit. And what does that mean? Look at verse 17, James 3. The wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's peace-loving gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So from this we learn God's wisdom is pure. This speaks of moral purity. Don't tell me about your insights from scripture. Don't tell me about your wisdom if you're not living a moral life. 
If it does not affect you in the way that you live, then it's obviously not worth much. So this is something James is pointing out. Look at verse 17. You're willing to yield to others and you're full of mercy. Sometimes people acquire knowledge. We could call it wisdom. And they weaponize it. And by weaponizing it, I mean they use it to berate people. They use it to beat people down. I know more than you. You're stupid. Why don't you know what I know? And, and sometimes even Christians do this uh, to other Christians. And this is not the way of God's wisdom. When you have wisdom from God, you don't weaponize it. You don't use it to tear people down. You use it to build people up instead. You're not a morally superior person standing over others and deriding them. You're peace-loving. You're considerate. A wise person is not so arrogant that they think they can't learn anything. Uh, years ago, when I was in my 30s, and I was just starting our Harvest Crusades, I began to develop a friendship with Billy Graham. And Billy was in his probably early 70s at that point, or very late 60s, and he invited me to join him on crusade trips, and then he asked me to start helping him with his messages and preparation. I thought, why would you want to hear from some stupid 30-year-old? You're Billy Graham. But this is the thing that amazed me about Billy Graham, was his humility and his willingness to keep learning. He was always a learner, always had questions, always wanted to grow more. He'd even say, Greg, just share something from the scripture with me which was very intimidating to preach in front of Billy Graham, I have to tell you. You know, because he's Billy Graham. And you're thinking, well, what could I possibly say to him? But Billy was a student and he was a learner to the very end of his life. And I thought that was such an admirable quality. Because I've met other people that are the very opposite of that. You know, you share something with them, they'll cut you off, kind of correct you, tell you the way you should be thinking about it. That's not the way you use wisdom. You use wisdom with humility and to help others, and to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker, and a bridge builder, not a bridge burner, and be a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. Okay, so one last thing that Jesus never said. If I live a good life, I will go to heaven. This is believed by so many people, it's shocking. Sometimes it's even believed by Christians. We maybe don't say it out loud, but in our way of thinking, we reason, if I do X, Y, and Z, I will have the favor of God. If I remember to get up this morning and read my Bible, and if I make sure I'm at church on Sunday, and I'm a part of a small group, and I share my faith, now God will bless me. Now, you should do all those things and more. But God is not gonna bless you because of the things you do for him. Oh, if I live this good life, I'll get to heaven. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, even to play it out logically, if you say, well, if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I know I'll get to heaven. Let's just say that's true. For the sake of a point, your good deeds must outweigh your bad deeds. Do you really think your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds? I would suggest to you they don't. So even by your own a set of standards, you fall short miserably. But actually, it, the very opposite is true. Let me say something that might surprise you. There's gonna be bad people in heaven, and there's gonna be, quote, good people in hell. There's gonna be bad people in heaven. And by bad people, I mean people that maybe literally came to Christ on their deathbed. 
and they got into heaven. Like that thief on the cross, that we call him the thief. He probably was a murderer. The Romans didn't crucify thieves. He probably was a, um, uh, living in rebellion against Rome, probably killed a Roman soldier, did something radical. And he's crucified next to Jesus. And he turns to the Lord and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you better get busy doing good works because that's the only way to get in. <laughs> no, Jesus didn't say that. Another thing Jesus didn't say. He said, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. But why did he say that? Because on the spot in that moment that man believed. That's how long it takes to believe. Just like that. Lord, remember me. Interestingly, prior to this, he had been mocking the Lord along with the other man who was crucified and the crowd below. Hey, if you're the Christ, why don't you save yourself? Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This man in a nanosecond believed and turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's how fast faith can happen. And I prayed with many people on their deathbeds and led them to Christ right before they entered into eternity. And how wonderful it is to say to someone, now because you've put your faith in Christ, you will go to heaven. So there's gonna be, quote, bad people in heaven. Because heaven is not for good people, it's for forgiven people, okay? And there's going to be good people in hell. And when I say good people, I say people that trusted in their own human efforts. People that trusted in their own personal reality. Maybe even someone that trusted in the religious things they did. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many wonderful works in your name? We could update it and they might say, Lord, Lord, were we not baptized in your name? Did we not receive communion in your name? And Jesus says to them, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Oh, but these are good people. Uh, these people paid their taxes. These people recycled and put the right trash in the right can. <laughs> they did everything right, these people. They drove Priuses <laughs> and ate kale <laughs> and didn't damage the environment. They're good people. Yeah, but you're not good enough. That's why the Bible says it's not by works of righteousness that we're saved, but it's His mercy that He extends to us. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. No, Jesus never said if you live a good life, you go to heaven. But here's what Jesus did say. Jesus did say, come unto me, all of you who are exhausted with life and are bending beneath its weight, come to me and I will refresh you with rest. What a promise. He says that to us. Yes, God loves you. No, God is not against you. Yes, God has a plan for your life. Yes, his plan is better than your own plan. Will you say, Lord, I want your will above my own? Will you put him first in your life? Then you will find the happiness you want, not from seeking it, but from seeking Him. And it all starts with asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. And I wonder if you've all done that. Has there been a moment in your life where you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin and you asked Him to come into your heart and life to be your Savior and your Lord? You say, well, I was raised in a Christian home. Well, that's great. 
But there still has to be a moment where you come to Christ and you believe in Him. This is a decision only you can make. I made that decision many years ago as a kid. Many of you made that decision at a marked point in time you can remember. And you'll know it if you've done it. And if you're not sure if you've done it, you can do it right here, right now. In a moment, we're gonna close in prayer. And I'm gonna extend an invitation for anybody here who wants their sin forgiven. They wanna fill that hole in their heart. They wanna find the happiness that they desire. They want their guilt removed. Or they've made some big mistakes and they've sinned against the Lord and they wanna make a recommitment to Him. You can do that right here as we close in prayer. Let's all pray. Father, speak to the heart of every person here. If they don't know you, we pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their sin and bring them to yourself right now. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer today on A New Beginning. And if this message has inspired you to want to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that right now. How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God. Thus I know I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to help you grow in your faith. I want to help you grow spiritually. So I have a free gift for you. It's called the New Believers Growth Packet. What's in it? No, not a bag of seeds to plant in your backyard. I guess it's sort of a form of a bag of seeds because I want to sow some spiritual seed in your life to help you develop as a follower of Christ. So I'm going to send you a copy of the New Testament in the New Living Translation, but it's a special edition. It's called the New Believer's Bible, and it's filled with notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this new commitment or recommitment you've made to Christ. And there's some other materials in the New Believers Packet as well. So order your copy today. And I'm so glad I had this privilege today to lead you in that prayer. God bless you. You've made the right decision, the decision to follow Jesus Christ. And here's how to get that New Believers Growth Packet. Simply call us at 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. 
and the team would love to pray with you too. That number again, 1-800-772-936. Next time, some great encouragement about finding and following God's will for our lives as our studies in the book of James continue right here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Things Jesus Never Said. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.